You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Do not let it be said that we didn't tell you so, ladies and gentle fans, for it was here both on the Six Rings postgame show as well as on the highly regarded Six Rings podcast where we told you that the Patriots would be able to score by putting Marcus Jones on offense. And then... That's all we had because they scored with Marcus Jones on offense and the rest, well, it is what it is as the coach... Oh, my. That's Patriots coach Bill Belichick at the podium speaking after the Patriots were just embarrassed, demoralized, outrun, outshone, outworked, outplayed. You picked the outword 24 to 10 in a game that, quite honestly, Andy, wasn't that close. I know it's a sports radio cliche, but it guess is. what? Pump the brakes on that. <laughs> now, listen, be that as it may. Hey, it wasn't as ugly Look, as last January, was hey, it? The X's and O's were outdone by the pros and Joes. They, hey, they're out there collecting checks, they too. They are. They get paid, too. Josh Allen, pretty good player now. Pretty good player. No, that was... Um, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, that, A, which is, is sort of the end of the day now, uh, that was really disappointing. Um, and I think your season just ended. And I know I'm a drama queen. Like You're 6-6. Six and six, You've lost two in a row. You gave away a game you probably could have stole last Thursday Which night you in needed Minnesota. as a sort of mattress topper comfort right. layer to protect you against any possible losses uh, mm-hmm. or embarrassments like this one on your way to trying to, as we've said before, carve a path to the postseason. What would a berth in the postseason, what would a trip to the playoffs even matter now if this is the kind of effort oh, I you're going to put forth, especially... Well, yeah, because it gives us something I would to talk about for it. two weeks. No, I think it's always better to make the playoffs. I don't go down the Ben Volan road of like, oh, you're just gonna get, if you're just going to suck in the playoffs, you might no. as well not even go. No, no, you should always go. The issue is you're not going to the playoffs because you can't cover an opposing wide receiver who's any good. Like, people uh, are fixated on quarterbacks. Diggs, by the way, Steph Diggs isn't just an opposing wide receiver who's kind of good. I'll say this not because it was like, ooh, lucky you, Fitz, you had access tonight. I'm standing on the field in the last couple of minutes before running out to introduce the band at halftime. And I was right there in the corner of the end zone where Josh Allen rolled out. No human, by the way, is supposed to be able to do what Josh Allen because is able to do. He is freak. He's a unicorn. We overuse unicorn. He's a unicorn. I don't even say. I like. I there may still no. He's better than whatever a unicorn is. Like be, he's beyond anomalous. Unicorn doesn't exist. So. Okay, well, it's weird. He exists and he, he kicks exists. their okay, ass. So again. that's why he's different. <laughs> and my gosh, like where where is the tag? Where is the brand or the stamp on Bill Belichick or the Patriots that says property of Josh Allen? Because he owns the New England Patriots. But again, ever since Bill said he wasn't an MVP candidate. Good job, Bill. Nice job. You created this monster. Now you got to deal with it and you can't. You can't put it away. You but can't the, put it away. But the I'm bigger say, issue is the receivers. Andy, that, that freaking pass that Josh Allen threw on the run against his body. He 
threw it from the 48-yard line. Oh, yeah. It traveled 55 yards in the back right corner of the end zone. Diggs, who had gotten just enough separation to leap past, I believe it was Jonathan Jones. Jack Jones. Jack Jones. The one that didn't count you're talking about. Right. Uh, The one that didn't count. Yeah. And it landed exactly like a laser, a freaking laser. An algorithm could not have designed a better pass. But the problem is. They're not real. You don't necessarily have to face Josh Allen. Well, you do have to face him again at the end of the year. But every week you don't have to face Josh Allen. I recant what I previously just said. You do have to play him one more time. But it's the, not going to matter. The if number they play one like receiver's this, it's not issue matter. is the biggest issue to me. Like you clearly, we talked about this. Are they big? You know, padding their stats against bad offenses. What's going to like? You couldn't hang with Justin Jefferson. This whole they, idea. They, they stink. <laughs> they kind of. There's do. caller Keith from two weeks ago who will be our spirit animal and a recurring character on this evening's Six Rings but post game show. They they lose this game in part because you can't cover Diggs, just like you lost last week in major part because you couldn't cover Jefferson. And the problem is D-Hop, Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase. Like, they're all, all great. All rece- oh, Wait, Tyree, Tyree Kill. Kill. Sorry, and Jalen Waddle. And, and, and then Steph Diggs, and then Diggs again. again. Like, I feel bad for Jonathan Jones. I don't believe he's a number one corner. He shouldn't be an outside corner. There was Bill is not dumb. There was a reason that for the first seven years, Jonathan Jones was a slot corner. Mm-hmm. That's because he's a slot corner. Mm-hmm. And, and I a had very real good, And a very good one at that. I had Stephon Gilmore. I had J.C. Jackson. I had outside guys. Bill doesn't just bury people to you know for the sake of burying them in that position, and now you're asking him to just line up in front of Jefferson, in front of Diggs. That first touchdown to Diggs, the eight yarder, he shook him by like a good three, four. Like he had pl- plenty of room like in the left co- corner, like of the a end zone. college corner trying to cover an NFL corner or something like that. Like there was, it was a mismatch, and uh, people should be worked up as the lines start to light up here. At, uh, wow, we just got the Griswold family Christmas tree. I haven't <laughs> even given out the phone number yet. Yes, this is the Six Rings post game show. Your old pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart with you till two a.m. here at Disappointment Central, aka we just got our doors blown off, Incorporated, well, aka come on. the build. It was that was not close. It was not that close. It was closer than forty-seven seventeen. Uh, it felt like forty-seven seventeen. The sequel, because if a sequel delivers sixty percent of the returns and the emotional investment of the original, then it's actually a successful sequel. So, to Buffalo fans, this feels like a validation and continuation of their dominance. And for Patriots fans, it feels like a hollow start to the holiday season. No, you know what it feels like six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number to call up, vent, complain. You need therapy, piss and moan, get angry, yell, try to keep the curse words to a minimum until at least we're in Radio Safe Harbor after midnight. Producer Nick LaPan does a great job muting the majority of them, but we're only so good. I don't would never uh, push people away from Patriots content since, you know, that's our livelihood. It's kind of what Podcasts, we do. Podcasts, written things, audio on the the radio. You like holding TV. up an iPhone with a shaky yes. hand. Uh, thank you, McFarland. I had a shaky one the other day. I think I had too much coffee. I have told you a thousand Shut times. Shut up! I don't care. Put it on a tripod, you knucklehead. I don't have a tripod. I, I think I'm I, Frank I can, Gore. I can help you get one for... T- <laughs> That's my joke. I know. But, um, like, you could get a try. You can get one from Amazon for $10. Okay, well, you know, look at you promoting Amazon. Ooh, the game's on Amazon. Oh, I'm see, fitzy. Well, I'm actually, a brand guy. You know, hey, Amazon, I love you. You're great. Amazon was nice enough to put me on the pregame show and then put me on the field. And They I remember, put you, you know, on the pregame show? They did. And just when I thought it couldn't get worse <laughs> than it already was. See, I wasn't going to say that tonight <laughs> just because I knew that would be your joke. Nick, would you please go around the corner and cash the ticket at 7-Eleven because I knew Andy would say that. I feel like there's a chance that some of your people... 
are going to turn their back on the team. Like, it's the holidays, the Celtics are good, the Bruins are good. So you're saying the fraud squad is going to be like, screw you guys, I'm going home, see you in 2023. Yeah, I think this is the type of game in the type of season and the type of performance. It's not so much that they lost 24 to, to 10. It was embarrassingly bad at the end when Mac Jones is running around like a chicken with his head cut off, then throwing it to either a receiver who's already out of bounds so it could nearly be picked off, or it bounces off Bourne. Poor Trent Williams or Trent Brown. Brown. I would have taken Trent, Trent I Williams. Taken, I would have taken actor Treat Williams like, at left tackle tonight. Trent Brown is just absolutely useless. Like, you could see he had no gas left in the tank. sick. He's sick. Whatever illness was in the Buffalo locker room, it was separate from the one in the Patriots locker room, but there were a number of people that were sick. He was basically just like, you know when you're either overserved, tired, both, whatever, and you use your shoulders to throw your legs forward because the legs don't work? Yeah. Like, that's what poor Trent Brown was doing at the end of the I mean, game. He couldn't even warm up. He stayed in the locker room and didn't warm up before the game. That tells you how sick he was. So I give him credit for gutting it out because they're decimated. No win. Right. No kajust. Like, they, the heck was wrong with Kajust? He's got multiple injuries. It's like back oh and God. calf or something. I don't know. He's, there's a couple different injuries you listed. Couldn't, you couldn't play on Wenyu at right tackle where he was actually reasonably good. You, know, if you not had Connor McDermott there. Uh huh. And how'd that work out for not you? Not great. Know? Not great. Not great, Bob. No. But Bill likes uh, on Wenyu at guard. He has said that repeatedly. Good. He thinks he's a guard. Great. So. Stand. You know what? Die on that hill, Bill. Keep fighting that fight. Put the he's flag. Got a lot of hills to die he's on. Gonna die. He's going to be a really dead man soon. I'm, honestly. There's I mean, a lot of hills he needs. And, and you know what we're going to hear? And, of course, we will take you live to Mac Jones's press conference when it happens. We'll take you live to Coach Bill Belichick's press conference when that happens. I'm sure that is going to be an absolute delight and a treat. Bring your own salt to the party. Maybe we'll be able to get in on another couple of press conferences live or perhaps tape delayed. He could swear tonight. There could be some slip-up tonight. We'll see if Kyrie Thompson, our beat writer, WEI.com, can bring you just a little bit of uh, audio from the locker room. And, of course, we'll get a call in from Christian Foyer driving home. You sure? Uh, yes, we will. He was good about it last week, even on Thanksgiving night. He He'll skipped, call in. He skipped the week before. Okay, well, we didn't need him. We had the Jets. We had the Jets. It was fine. We don't ever need No, actually, you might, ready, want to know the funny thing? The post-game show after the Jets game ended at 7.30, I got a text at 8.16, and it was like, Yo! Still need me? It's like, Christian, show's over. The post-game show ended 45 minutes ago. Dillweed. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of move that calls for a bad 1980s insult. Like, you dingus. Well, you, there's a lot of things you can't say on the radio, so I figure I if you say So we something. have to, like, yeah. pull out, like, like old lame insults. ones, yeah. Yeah, like, dillweed. <laughs> dillweed, by the way, you know, but there's going to be a lot of sidebars and digressions tonight, folks, because A, we're punchy, B, we're overtired. Team sucks. And C... <laughs> That game sucks, and we're all just completely in dismay uh, and disarray over tonight's effort. Um, let's go back to when it was seven uh, three. Okay. Okay. Now the just Patriots- after Marcus Jones ignited Gillette Stadium yet again. Couldn't even send He's you a the text. Human lighthouse. He lights I'm it up. in the other end zone on my way to try to get up to the press box to say a few hellos, make some notes, and then drive back this way. But no. I'm down in the end zone. I want to watch a few plays from that nice little perspective. You get in the 200s there. And all of a sudden, I see Marcus Jones catch, and he's running towards the end zone. And I pull out my phone to, like, try to do a quick reaction video and text you. And all of a sudden, someone comes over and picks me up by the waist and like, Fitchy, you called it. You called it. See? People are listening, kid. People oh, are listening. Oh, lots of people. Oh, and the immediate reaction all, on Twitter, like, oh, yeah, everybody remembers. Yes. Six rings big. A lot yeah. of people think Bill actually got the idea from our podcast. I wouldn't be surprised. And or perhaps Bill remembered that he scored a touchdown four different well, ways in say, college. He did play offense in college. Yeah, he did. 
And so, like, it was raucous. The Patriots' defense toughened up in the area outside the red area. We'll call that maybe the pink area, uh, the red adjacent area, the 20 to 30. Pink area? That's okay. I told you it was going to be. Wow. Have you been drinking? Why are you so happy? You're a super fan. You have a Pat Patriot hat on, a Pat Patriot sweatshirt on, and the Pat Patriot team just lost for the first time. First time. They're three and three at home. Seven. They're te- and they're oh. not good at home. They're not good on the. They're adequate. They are literally adequate at home. They're, they're not good. adequate at road. Period. End of paragraph. Send. That's it. Full stop. They, yes. They they stink. Like <laughs> what are you. they good at? Thank you, Keith. I, I've been asking this all year. I actually don't what know. Are now. they good? I at? don't know now because even the thing Ramondre that I Stevenson relied on fights to the finish. That's the, it. Yeah. Okay. The comfortable chair. Your dependable pair of jeans. Your favorite shoes. Uh, whatever brand of beverage, whether it's eggnog, Miller Lite, whatever. You don't have to name check a brand. They're not paying oh. for it yet. Whatever that may be that Please you go do. to. Your favorite sandwich at the diner. It's meatloaf sandwich. Turkey club. Whatever. I chicken get Italian parm. in the oven. All right, I'm done with the analogies. Whatever you, it, it is you could, like, lean on and rely on, that would be Nick Folk, always good from within 50. And tonight, he decides to, instead of swinging a three-iron, bring out his seven-iron and take an easy chip at the at the green. Short kick, Nick. It, you know what? Big kick, Nick. He is no little more. Little kick energy there. It's, it, <laughs> let, it not, let it be known that we do not have little kick energy tonight. We've got big kick energy. I have plenty energy. of energy. I have no focus. Now that I just chugged a 24-ounce coffee, uh, he is little kick Nick now because that's twice within three weeks, twice within three games, he has come up short from within 50. What's now, changed? one, uh, the holder, Michael Pilardi. The Pilardi party. I reserve the possibility over. that Pilardi could be a factor in this. I, I, it's weird that it's dramatic right after he changes holders. And I know people are like, oh, he got the laces out. It's far more like intricate than that. These these kickers have holds for hash, wind condition, distance, like, oh, it's towards the holder and forward a little bit or back a little bit. And so I I'm hesitant to say Nick Folk is in a slump or Nick Folk has fallen off the map in recent mm-hmm. weeks. It's a little too coincidental that it's coincided mm-hmm. with Michael Pilardi. Okay, but the at the co- same but I can tell you coincided. the two times this has happened I have had the good and or misfortune of being field level, like I said. Jeez, you like and to Nick, brag about it. Oh, no, Nick but I can Stevens. see it. I'm on the field. Isn't it interesting? Like, you can listen to other post-game shows where people that aren't hosting the show or engaging in dialogue didn't have access to actually being right there. Could have hit Nick Folk with a baseball or a hot dog if they wanted to. I wouldn't throw either of them at the man. I respect him and appreciate him too much. Andy, he takes this weird thing. He it, What he does is, that, like I said, like, I think from within 50, one of the reasons why he's so incredibly accurate is because he does swing like a 7, 8, or 9 iron with his foot. Like, he's not trying to blast it through. He just wants to hit it well enough, clear the uprights. Right. And I think tonight he un- he didn't try. He didn't kick it hard enough. Literally, obviously he didn't because it hit the bottom crossbar. Now, a couple weeks ago against the Jets, there was a ton of wind. There was wicked wind, a cross breeze. It was even colder a few weeks ago tonight. Mid-30s, not nearly as much wind in-game as there was pre-game and during the tailgates. And I think Folk just stepped up with a 7-iron thinking like he'd be able to mash it and punch it through the uprights. And instead, he's like, oh, how about that? I had no idea I'd be 10 feet in front of the green. I'm short. It's the bottom crossbar for the second time in three games. That's weird. That is yeah. very strange. And you're and blaming you really it on him. That- I am, and I hate that. I it's hate- weird that I, I, I don't. You really think it's Pilati? I think the, the holds are a factor. I do. Wow. Like, I just, to me, that's so obvious. Like, he's been so good, so consistent for such a long stretch. 
What's changed? Is he aiming and not pitching? You know what I mean? No. I'm going to blame the holder. I'm a Nick Folk apologist. And usually I am as well, but I'm telling you. I know. You, you turn your back on the team like the rest of the fans that were booing in the first you, half. I did not boo. boo. I was surprised. But, of course. Did you hear any while you were on the squad? field watching the game? Did yes. you hear any Zappy chants? No, actually. Any references to Zappy? Nope. Nothing? No. I got a, bu- I got a bunch with, of Zappy texts. I came up with a new plan. Forget Zappy. What, hold on. We've got a long show. Yeah, but I can say it now. You want to just you want to just yeah, give just, away the twelve o'clock goods in the early. eleven o'clock hour? Just empty it early. Sure, empty it early. <laughs> Marcus Jones, just put him at quarterback. Put him at- run wildcat. Just let him get the ball in his hands. I'm advocating to get I the ball won. in Marcus Jones' hands. I would watch that. Jones team. and Stevenson to me are the only two guys with a little bit of mixed in of Judon and Uche maybe mm-hmm. on defense. That's all I want to see. Remember when I think it was wide receiver? Is it Kendall Hinton? Was that the wide receiver that had to play a couple of years ago? Thank you. Kendall Hinton had to play emergency wide. Re- a quarterback in 2020 for the Broncos oh, okay. because the entire quarterback yeah, yeah, yeah. room had COVID. Yeah. That was not a good watch, and it was against a pretty mediocre Saints team. Is this that, a good watch? Uh, no, but you know what I would watch is Marcus Jones, a quarterback. Me too. And then uh, maybe Jacoby Myers could throw a couple of deep balls on some option plays because uh, what's going on? he wakes on, up from the hit and uh, took. Mac Jones, poor Mac Jones. It's not all Mac Jones' fault. It's not your fault, McCockle. It's not your fault. But at the same time, He's gonna. There's gonna be so many Mac ain't it. I'm sure people are texting. People are probably at three seven ninety three seven on the text line right now. It'll be a storyline tomorrow and all next week. But uh, Patriots do now have eleven days off before they go on Monday Night Football out to Arizona to play the Cardinals. That's so, Belichick's fault. Yeah. Yes, I know. And people are gonna be like, I don't care. People are gonna completely check out. It's not all Mac Jones's fault because, like you said, that line was decimated. That was almost an embarrassing offensive line tonight. Like, at times, the play from yeah. the offensive line tonight. You've got Ference out at left tackle. You've got, uh, you've got Connor McDermott, who they just plucked off of the Jets practice squad a week and a half ago. Yeah, he was a draft pick of the Patriots. Yeah, I know, and they kept him around for, what, two weeks? Six years ago. Six, yeah, six years ago, yeah. It's been on we the didn't Bills want him Jets. over half a decade ago, and now, out of desperation, we're plucking him off a previous opponent's practice squad because we're so desperate to tackle. Yeah, I mean, th- there's not a lot of positives. When we get to the thumbs up, thumbs down late in the show. Uh, one part of it's going to be real quick. The other one might take two breaks. Actually, the other one is equally as quick, in my opinion. Because it's easy to say everything. <laughs> oh, I'm done. It's, it's easy to say <laughs> everything one person's else. name and then say, <laughs> I mean, there are some players who acquitted themselves reasonably well tonight. I didn't like the effort tonight. I'll be honest with you. I thought there was a lack of effort at times. Kirk why would that? And why would that be? Uh, resignation. You believe so? I think you can be resigned to the fact that we're not that good. Is it we're not that good or we're not as good as Buffalo? The rushing touchdown that the Bills scored late on third and goal was just too easy to me. You don't you shouldn't see touchdown unless you're confused mm-hmm. where they run like one of those fakes and then pitch it and like they get to the edge and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh wow, we got caught up in They ran right up the middle and the only guy that even had a sniff of a chance was a diving Matt Judon coming off mm-hmm. the edge. Judon gave Matt, Judon now Judon getting he gives one, effort two games in a row though doesn't get home and get a sack but this game at least you had Josh Uche taking advantage mm-hmm. of the backups at left tackle right and, I he, just, and he he got the strip Judon he got the strip sack Judon he had a couple sacks early Judon picked it up but like Judon's effort I don't question I think he's out of position at times over mm-hmm. rushes I just thought there was and you know I don't even that Willie McGinnis line if I was able to play like yep. the, if I was able yep. to play like Judon I'd have twenty sacks but it. 
I don't even necessarily blame some of the players that are getting exposed. They're in positions to get exposed. John Jones, to me, is a poster child. He's like the – Matt Patricia, I believe, is in a position to get exposed. He's mm-hmm. in a job he's not really capable of doing. I feel like we're workshopping a column here together. Go on. Kind of. Mm-hmm. John Jones is, Jones is in that same situation. Mm-hmm. He's in a position where I don't say, wow, you can't cover Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson. He should be like, you know I'm Justin – you know I'm uh, uh, converted slot Jones, corner. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, do you think who, who do you think I am? Do you think I'm Darrell Revis? Do you think I'm Stephon yeah. Gilmore? I, like, I'm not Patrick Sertain the second either. I, you know, do your job. Well, you're asking me to do somebody else's job. Mm-hmm. I did my job really well. You put me in the yep. slot, then you changed my job on me. You're and on, I tried yeah, it, yeah, and I was good. I'm like John Jones has been good on the outside against fine mi- against middle class wide receivers, but when you're going up against one of the ten best in the league, who's getting r- passes thrown to him by one of the three best quarterbacks in the league, who really is just not even human, like we said before. But there's a lot of those guys. Like, right, but there, but there are very few. There's Mahomes and Josh Allen, and then maybe one or two others. Oh no, I'm in talking about class. the receivers. They're, like the yes. sad part is. More than half the league has those types of receivers, like number one legitimate go-to receivers. Would you say Steph Diggs is top five? Uh, yeah, I I would. Yeah, I mean for what he's done, he seems like he a want, dink. He but wanted he's good. out, yeah, and so was Adam Thielen, and he wanted away from Thielen so he could get a spotlight. They replace him with Jefferson. The trade works out beautifully for both Everybody. parties. Yep. See, this is what happens when you go after really good players and you spend equity on them, and guess what? You put him behind, you put him on a team with a good quarterback and he you the he becomes one of the boats that rises all tides and there's times where Josh Allen who's great in his own right but just drops back and you can almost see like he's oh he's going to digs on this play just like we learned over the well, years why wouldn't you Brady's going to Edelman Brady's going to Gronk, Gronk like yep. he sees a matchup and he's like I know my guy's better than yours and that makes your job easier and we've talked about this a lot like Mac is scrambling around with a, like I'll play somebody get open oh my god who am I going to throw to where Josh Allen has a luxury who can scramble and can make off-platform crazy throws, just drops back and goes, oh, digs on Jones one-on-one. <laughs> Pitch and catch, first right. down. Whether it's 10 Touchdown. in the corner of the end like, zone, whether it's 40 to the yeah, other corner like, of the end zone, rolling out, penalty withstanding. Uh, if it's, yeah, 7 here, 8 over there, 14 to the out. That's people a were luxury. Op- people were open all night. Oh, yeah. Guys were open The secondary's not that good. Because Jones is just the poster boy tonight because he was in the picture, in the frame, around Diggs a lot. Miles mm-hmm. Bryant? No. Uh, I'm sorry. Devin McCourty has lost maybe more than one step. He is not the safety valve, cover-your-butt, back-end guy anymore. He just isn't. Now, early on, I thought Duggar was laying some lumber, had some nice mm-hmm. hits. I still think he's good, but the the he's not a coverage guy. No. That's the actually the weakness in it's his actually, game. It's actually it's it's the it's the hammer, it's the thunder to the lightning with right. Kyle Duggar. But the the back end just is it it is what we thought it was. When you looked at it on paper, oh, you lost JC Jackson, who'd you replace him with? Uh, what was the question? <laughs> yeah. Who'd you replace him with? And Jack Jones, uh, to a certain degree. He's a rookie. People have, yeah, he's a rookie, so he's going to be out of position and what in did some he get? plays. On the play you're talking about, he got double moved. Uh, like, it, he's going to be an right. aggressive rookie. He's going to get double moved. Great receivers and great quarterbacks are going to double move to death a young, aggressive rookie. It's part of the learning curve. It's part of the evolution. He's going to have to take those lumps this year to figure out how to defend those yes. in the future. And he's also going to have to remember, because he is very aggressive, and that is what leads him to sometimes jump roots, make big plays, pick off passes, or knock balls down, that sometimes it's not a good idea when said safety is about to pick off a ball to run into him and knock it out of his hands. Because that interception that could have had they could have had late in the first half would have been, granted the outcome probably would have been the same in the yeah, end. A Bills kind of a win punt. nonetheless. But I, at the same time... Like, I actually liked that throw from a Josh Allen perspective. That showed me a guy 
who doesn't really care about the stats. He knows people are saying, oh, he throws too many picks, blah, 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 blah. That was a – I call that a Drew Bledsoe. Like, he used to do that all the time. Like, I'm just going to – it's a punt. It's third down. It's a punt. I'm going to throw it deep. He doesn't care about his stats. He's like, I have a chance to make a play. If they catch it, it's the punt job, right? I throw mm-hmm. the ball 40 yards downfield. It's same, same. So I actually liked that play from him. Whether you are driving home from the game, stuck in traffic on Route 1, by the looks of the stands, people made their way out of Gillette Stadium asleep. tonight quite <laughs> earlier. Perhaps people have resigned to not even wanting to discuss this game. But if you're as frustrated as we are, if you've got a point you want to make, if you have something you want to vent about in the car, at home, from the aftergate, wherever you may be, we are here for you on the Six Rings Post Game Show, 617-779-7937. Just because we are... Men and fans of the people, let us make sure we welcome in our first call before we take a commercial break. Johnny is in Walpole. Remember that song growing up? Remember Johnny from Walpole? Nope. Me neither. Uh, Johnny from Walpole is on the line here on Six Rings Post Game. What's up, Johnny? You know, the highlight of the game was I, I made, uh, before I went down to my friend's house, I made shrimp and sausage uh, fried rice. Oh. That came out great. Oh. That was the highlight of the game. I really pray to God that Bob Kraft pulls a Jerry Jones and just walks down tonight and says, all right, Bill, Patricia's got to go. That was, hor- that was just horrific. Compared to the, with the Jets game and tonight's game, just a horrible offensive game plan. Matt Patricia's got to go. And, I, and it's always, they, you know, one of my friends is saying, oh, it's too late in the season. Who cares? The season's done. Matt Patricia sucks. This is embarrassing. This was a horrible game. Uh, I don't, it's not going to happen. But the thing you I want to share that fried rice recipe, Johnny. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to taste the highlight of the night. But I did actually think to myself, with Robert Kraft sitting in the box, with the head of Amazon on one side and Jay Z on the other side, uh, and Richard Seymour there to boot, like you've got legacy, you've got history, and you've got celebrity. A crap product on the field. Ugh. He must. That must have been a kick to the cojones. Oh, and then by the way, looking down and seeing, did everybody go to the concessions at the same time? What, what are all these empty seats like? Mm. This is go- this is a loss that I feel like is going to leave a mark in the craft offices, craft box. You know, sitting with those, kind yep. of being embarrassed with the performance you're putting up. But like, this one could leave him. I'll be interested to see if we get any whispers out of you know the owner was not happy. The because he sees it. He sees Mac Jones scrambling like a chicken and then throwing his hands up in the air. He sees the face that Matt Patricia's making on the sideline. Like, a shrug. Yes. What am I going to do with this kid? Like Matt, a lost Mac, cause. Mac Jones is thinking like, what am I going to do with this guy? Johnny, it was frustrating in every way, shape, or form. I'm glad you had a tasty pregame. Sorry that the meal, sorry that the meal was spoiled by the game, buddy. But thanks for calling in. Uh, you that know, Patricia sucks. <laughs> you know that that's the thing. That's the thing, Andy. Like I was building this up. I certainly thought the Patriots could keep pace, or they would put forth more than just uh, some gamesmanship, more than just a game effort. That they would be up to the challenge. That they would rise to the occasion of having a chance to compete in their division, show that you are almost, if not up to, and on par with Buffalo tonight. On a national stage, that the production, my God, what Amazon just throws at this with the billions and billions of Bezos. Like, this is a, Andy, it felt like a, it felt borderline Vegas-like down there tonight. Like, it is a big deal. All these trucks, brand new cameras, 50 cameras, spotters handing out Thursday Night Football merchandise everywhere. Like, they're branding, they're celebrating they're illuminating. It is a big freaking deal. And yep. the Patriots, I thought, would also rise to the occasion of nope. playing Buffalo, trying to get back into the playoff race, maybe just putting one toe in the water of being having a shot at the AFC East. No, instead, they cement their place in the bottom of the AFC East. 
Now they are a 500 team trending towards possibly being a losing team if they can't beat Arizona in a week and a half. And now, like you said earlier, potentially running the risk of losing some of the casuals, if not the diehards, or who you call the fraud squad, a lot of the diehards who might say, this team ain't it, and I don't feel like putting it in on them anymore. They, they, they stink. I mean, it's very I simple. I disagree. We, it's a cliche. We talked earlier about talk radio cliches, contenders and pretenders. Isn't it clear for two years the Patriots have been pretenders? Absolute pretenders. I, I mean, you can sigh, and I'm sorry to bring truth nope. and objectivity, it's okay. no. but isn't it a fact? Like, I don't even feel like it's an opinion anymore. No, it's not. They like, are you're absolutely hearing, pretenders. You're hearing somebody who does Ooh, work Sam in the Ellinger, media. Sam Ellinger, we're going to kick his butt. Oh, yay. Oh, wow. is that Josh oh. Allen coming? We beat, oh, we, beat, we shut out Zach Wilson? Right. I mean, like, his own team hates him so much that they benched him. Right. I don't know. I'm sure if we could beat Mike White at this point. I mean, it's two years in a row that there is no <sighs> better label for the New England Patriots, who were once annual contenders, who Robert Kraft has said recently, I expect to be a contender every year, are the ultimate pretenders. They're not terrible. They tease you by mm-hmm. bullying on the weak, bullying on the young quarterbacks, the backups, or the soon-to-be bench. They feast on the mediocre, and but they themselves are come, just the king of the mediocre. It's over. Right. Yeah. They're, they are not at the level of the Buffaloes or the Miamis probably, and we'll probably find out in or just a few Cincinnati's. weeks. Or the Cincinnati's. The Cincinnati's. The, maybe the L.A.'s. The, the Chargers, like these teams that are either ahead of you or tied with you, I you're thought, a pretender. I really thought this would be a chance to show that within the first three years or as we head towards the final leg of the third year post-Tom Brady, that the roster turnaround, the rebuild, the drafting, and all of the high-level coaching done by the greatest coach of all time and the people that he has surrounded himself would have built up a team that could keep pace with, if not even pull the rug out from under Buffalo and get them a win tonight. And instead... They were pantsed, and Buffalo just had their way with the New England Patriots once again. Final score, once again, 24-10. Buffalo wins. They move to 9-3 and three and are technically, for now, atop the AFCs. The New England Patriots drop to 6-6. Six and six. 500 football team, 3-3 three and three at home, 3-3 three and three on the road, firmly in the basement of the AFC East, and I really don't care that 6-6 six and six would be the top record in the NFC South right now. David, John, Jake, Sam, Rick, Manny, the lines are full. After we talk to you guys on the other side, we'll be happy to take more of your calls right now as we complain, as we rationalize, and we try to figure out just what the hell happened tonight at Gillette Stadium. This is the Six Rings Post Game Show here on WEEI. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mac, uh, there's a video going around right now uh, from the broadcast where it's showing you on the sidelines and showing you oh, appear to be frustrated where it, it appears that you're saying something along the lines of throw the effing ball, uh, the effing something game sucks. Uh, can you share with us what exactly is being said in that moment or what was frustrating you in that time as opposed to letting internet lip readers take care of it? Yeah, obviously just kind of let my emotions get to me, but, you know, we're kind of playing from behind, and what I said was about throwing it deeper in the short game. You know, I, I got to execute that part better, but it's the short game that we kept going to, which was working, but I felt like we needed chunk plays, and, you know, I shouted that out to kind of get – everyone going and that's emotional that's football 
I'm passionate about this game and um, obviously you don't want to get your emotions let you know get the best of you but yeah I think that's that's pretty much it Patriots quarterback Mac Jones there in reply to an internet video that Barstool Sports blew up. Someone else captured a little slow-mo footage from the Amazon Prime video broadcast tonight of Mac Jones yelling in the direction of coaches or players or both, throw the effing ball, the quick game sucks. I am sure there will be a meeting of the head coach and quarterback minds, if not involving also the de facto offensive play caller, who's also your offensive line coach, sometime soon to sort this out because these are the kind of dysfunctional messes the New England Patriots used to cause in other teams that they are now dealing with. They will have to quell the unrest in their own house now. Buffalo, yes, better team. New England Patriots now starting to show cracks and frays around the edges, Andy, because this doesn't normally happen on teams that are happy, that are progressive, that are making good plays that are content and that are winning football games. And I would like to go one step further, sir, before we get your reaction and then take some more calls. Our pal Andrew Callahan, terrific guest here on the show, does a nice job on his own pod, the Pats Interference Pod from the Boston Herald. In speaking with Andrew Callahan, uh, excuse me, rather, uh, he's speaking with Kendrick, Andrew Callahan. It's late. I'm sorry. I can barely even read this damn thing at this point. Man, I'm old. Um and speaking with Kendrick Bourne in the locker room, uh, we had some audio from uh, Kyrie Thompson, but uh, something happened along the way, so I just would have to read this to you now. Uh, do the Patriots need to play better on third down? Yeah, man, we need to scheme up better. Quote, we need to know what they're doing. We need to know what they want to do on third down. They call this, and we call that, and it falls right into what they want. Now, this sort of goes into what Phil Perry was talking about. I believe he asked it of Mac Jones. Does it bother you or is it weird that the other team seems to know what you guys are doing all the time or they can jump your plays? Uh, Callahan goes on. Bourne said, quote, like I said, that's not my job. My job is to just run the call. But as we can all see, they had, what, 30 first downs and we had eight. I'm telling you, this has a chance to blow up. You've got one of the uh, someone we thought was potentially the Patriots' best wide receiver, best offensive playmaker. That's obviously Ramondre Stevenson now. Very unhappy with the offense, his role in the offense, and the play calling and execution. Mac Jones was caught swearing and screaming on national TV. We both lauded that fire, uh, that ferocious approach, and the leadership. This could get ugly, Andy. Uh, er. Ugly, excuse me. Er. This could, yeah, because it, it's, it's ugly all, It's already ugly it's, on the field. It's clearly ugly, ugly sort of in the locker room, in the Yikes. in the way it's being received by the players. Yikes. And the the disappointing thing for me, if, if I'm a fan, if I'm, you know, sort of supporting this team is it's December. Nothing's changed. We're in the same spot we were in in August where Mac Jones is like, if we if we put it together, the results will be better. It's December. You're not putting it together. You're not putting better plays on third down. You still stink on third down. You still stink in the red zone. And you know, by the way, Bourne's numbers were not accurate, just to clarify. I mean, yeah, okay, what was the total? The Bills had 22 first downs. The Patriots had 14. Um, Much better. 
The Bills felt like thirty days. The issue for me is the Bills go nine of fifteen on third down, sixty percent. Mm-hmm. Patriots go three of twelve, twenty five percent. Second straight week where you're terrible on third down. Third it's down, a continuing problem, and that's how you don't stay on the field. And, and the red zone continues drives. to be a problem, yeah. which you can barely even get into. And when you're down there, your quarterback is being chased like he has, uh, you know, food, and a bunch of hungry dogs have been in his hands. And a bunch I will of say, dogs have been released. In comparison to the Jets debacle that we witnessed from afar where it led to Zach Wilson being benched and Garrett Wilson seemingly threatening, I'm going to kill him if you don't bench him kind mm-hmm. of thing, like inner tor- I feel like all the players are on the same page. <laughs> towards it's, the offensive coordinator? Yeah. Towards the play call? Yeah. Yes. It's us versus him. It's us versus them. It's us versus the position they're putting us in on the field. How much better would Matt Patricia's play? Just asking. That's part of the job, I guess, and or of, play, of, of playing sports radio at this late hour and or hosting. But how much better would everything look if they had a boss or at least top 10 level offensive line? Oh, my God. Like significantly better. Sign- but- right. So, again, it starts there. But, but everything it starts there. Who runs the offensive line? Same guy who calls the play. Right. It starts there. I mean, I'm sorry. I've been a Matt Patricia defender to some degree because he was put in a terrible position. You know, I wrote that column. I think he should have said no. Mm-hmm. I think he should have. A man needs to know his limits. Like, say no. You're not qualified for this job. Like, a lot of the mocking is accurate. He's in his – it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? Mm-hmm. He knows Matt Bill Belichick. Matt Patricia sucks. In this job, he sucks. I am a Matt Patricia supporter to some degree. I know a lot of people think he never did anything successful in any form of football anywhere. The guy knows football. Exactly. But he's not an offensive coach. He's not a play caller. He's not an offensive coordinator. He's in a terrible role. He's been put in position to fail. And, not surprisingly, he has failed. But who do we blame? Bill Belichick. You know why? Because Bill Belichick told us to and we follow orders. Bill said, if this doesn't work, blame me. It could not work much worse. They're a terrible offense. They're dysfunctional is the word. It's the perfect description. It's really, they are it's a really dysfunctional. Ugly offense. It's I think it I got is. probably one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the NFL where I think I did a pretty good job. Okay. Cool. You could lose that arrogance a little bit. Yeah. Um, and they, certainly now he has no reason for arrogance. But it's all on Bill. It blew up in your face as we kind of expected it to. We all talked about it all offseason. Here is where we expected to be. Although it looks uglier, I think, than even maybe I thought it would be. I had a nice little conversation. Uh, He says hello, by the way, with Alan Siegel, uh, veteran NFL reporter who was the gentleman who asked the question of Bill Belichick at last Sunday's press conference that should have tipped uh, a hand toward all of us to let us know exactly what was going to happen this week or how Bill was feeling because it was the salty response in terms of, Bill, you're top 10 in penalty yards this year. And like, well, you know, we we didn't have any on offense last week and, you know, we're not that bad in defense. And it was such a... It was a defensive response with some Belichick salt, uh, unnecessarily so. You would normally think he would reply like, "Yeah, I got to coach up better." Like this is, this is not the. These aren't the fundamentals of my team. This is not what we coach. Uh, I shouldn't be known for this. I never have been, and I'm going to clean it up and fix it. But instead, what happens? He gets angry at Alan Siegel, and I talked to Alan. He said, "Look, I wasn't going to back down from it. I didn't think it was an inappropriate question." No. And when he got salty with me, I made sure to stand my ground and follow up. Like when you have the facts on your side, that's what you should do. Uh, real quick, Manny in Albany, New York, wants to weigh in on the Patriots' defense. Manny, how are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, our pleasure. Off, yep. About the defense, I think we're done talking about how good this defense is for this year. I mean, this is like the bogeyman defense 2.0 when Brady in the final year. But that's neither here nor now. And this offense, I'm tired of blaming Mac Jones for it. This is one of the most putrid coaching staff I've seen 
in years. And it goes right to Belichick said he was responsible at the beginning of the season. Well, he should be responsible because this is one of the worst coaching offensive from an offensive coaching standpoint. This is putrid. What they did tonight, they should be thoroughly embarrassed. And Kraft, he said at the end of the year, at the beginning of this year, his expectations was to win a playoff game. They're not going to win a playoff game. They're not even close to winning a playoff game. This team needs to take a serious look at where they're going because what Belichick has done with the front office of the team, it's an embarrassment. Thanks for taking the call, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, Thanks for hanging in there, Manny. Appreciate you very much. Uh, we'll break Manny's call down, take some more, uh, react to Kendrick Bourne's audio, and continue to try to uh, – sort through the mess in house Belichick right now because yeah, Buffalo's the better team, but things got real messy tonight on the field for the Patriots and apparently on the sidelines and in the locker room as well. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number here on the Six Rings Post Game Show on WEEI. How it goes, you know, whatever coaches call, that's what that's what we gotta run. So we have we have plays. We have more plays, but um, I think just trying to take care of the ball, play smart, and uh, just play the play that's called. That's all I can really say. So I'm not sure. When you say you have more plays, it does feel like sometimes the passing yeah. calls are repeat calls. Um, like, do you feel like that out there as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to get the ball downfield. So I think Mac needs more time. Um, he's obviously running around, so it's hard to get the ball downfield when you can't really have time for him to throw. No knock to the line is just what we need to work on. The receivers can't do nothing if the ball can't get downfield. If we can't throw it past five yards, it's just going to be a long game. And uh, shout out to the Bills. They did a great job, you know, controlling the clock, keeping us off the field, keeping us kind of cold and, like, stagnant. It was a great game plan they had. And um, we just got to be able to get the ball downfield, like you're saying. We have plays, but we can't get to them. We're calling them, but they're just not working. So it looks – we're throwing fire routes, and that's we catch, and so it looks one way. But um, hopefully we can get more, Mac more time so that he can make the plays. Patriots wide receiver, Patriots, excuse me, underutilized wide receiver Kendrick Bourne postgame venting and expressing some frustrations that don't seem unique just to Bourne, but rather seem to be uh, shared offense-wide, team-wide, if you will, with the Patriots who lose tonight by 14 points. But in all honesty, the game didn't feel that close. Uh, Andy, now I feel like the Patriots are like, you're looking at that wall, at that dam, or in some sort of cartoonish capacity. It's something where, you know, like the switchboard, like, uh, this one's ringing over here, and I got to grab this one over here, and I got to get this one over here, or like, uh, the, you know, the wall sprung a leak over here, and the dike has a leak over here, and then you're like, you, you know, the cartoon's like, you use a foot and you use a hand, and you're like, uh, we got to get the ball down the field more. But the offensive line, and also the play calling's not bad, and they're also sussing out all of our play calls in advance, and uh, we're not giving the right kind of effort. And they're out thinking what we're doing, like, how do you fix this? Um, get a new offensive coordinator. All right. Like, I think that's the first. There is no confidence. A vote of no confidence has been cast by the quarterback, right. by the receivers. Chancellor Valora, my vote, no confidence. It is what it is. It's 12.37 when I did my first Phantom Menace reference. <laughs> and nobody got it. I mean, what? Uh, but, I mean, it's you have me. finger pointing. Like, there's more yeah. finger pointing than in a lot of different directions, from a lot of different directions. It is a mess. I go back to the word. It's dysfunctional. It is a toxic work environment right now. 
There is no confidence. There's no trust. There's no faith. And I don't think that's salvageable. Like, I, I'm going to say it one more time. It's okay. December. It's not. Well, yeah, it is. Happy December, by the way. Like, yeah. Happy December. Is it? Mm. Happy holidays. Soon everything, you know, you can watch your Rudolph specials. You can have your eggnogs. Just don't count on enjoying Patriots football for the next, I don't know, few weeks or until next year. They're still six and six. They are not eliminated from playoff. No, I just looked it up. I believe it is updated as far as I can tell Mm -hmm. that they have a 25% chance to make the playoffs according to 538. Okay. So according to Nate Silver's little machine algorithm there, his little robot, his algorithm. Which is the worst of... Like the There's Chargers, 43%, yep. and they're 6-6, six and six, I mm-hmm. believe, right? They're 6-5. Six 6-5. and five. Six and five. Yep. Um, uh, They're playing the Raiders Sunday. The Jets have a 55% chance to make the playoffs. Jets have a pretty tough schedule the rest of the way. I'm just giving you the numbers. I'm, okay, Don't fight I'm just, the numbers. I'm just commenting. Bengals, 75% chance. Yeah, the Bengals have an incredibly difficult schedule. So if they make it, well, they're they going to be true tested lumber. Yeah. They play you. Hey! Santa has a gift for them. You get to play the Patriots on Christmas Eve. You know what? If the Patriots lose by 10 points, I'll drink a Skyline Chili Martini. I'll just chug four straight ounces of Well, you're going to have to, so get it. I have a can of it. I mean. You ever had it, by the way? I don't believe I have. I like it. You know what? Maybe I'll bring it in. and Maybe what I'll do is I'll make a dip, and then we'll enjoy it on the postgame show. Okay. It's delicious. I I like it personally. It's got like cinnamon and cocoa and it's like finely ground. I've always heard good things. I've been there. Everybody's like, you got to go try it. And I don't know why I haven't Mm -hmm. in my trips. I just thought it would be fun to talk about something other than how terrible the Patriots played tonight uh, for 30 seconds. Yeah. Can I um, vent? Are we going to a break? Do I have time to vent a Uh, little? uh, You do, but we should also get back to the the callers. I have a vent at the Whenever you need me to vent, I need to vent. I want to know. Hey, uh, Nick, producer Nick LePane has done a fabulous job producing, uh, dealing with some tech issues we've had, as well as uh, screening the phone calls. Is that line three? Is that Keith from a few weeks ago? That is your best friend. All right. We have to to take Keith Keith leaving the game. Uh, Keith. I know a couple weeks ago you I'm said back, everyone boys. stinks. He's back. Keith, you're back. You're, I'm back. I'm you're our back. spirit I'm animal. Back. Andy, Andy, I'll tell you what. This team smells. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's not good. Marcus Jones is what? Our best offensive weapon? Are you? I'm, I'm, I'm holding back. Careful. Are you kidding me? I'm holding back. This team is so smelly that I can't take it anymore. I, I, I'm going to keep going to games. Who are we kidding? But <laughs> come on, let's go. Like the offensive line, everyone, I don't know. I don't know what to do. You guys tell me. Poop. <laughs> I think that's a he, tremendous way to end a call. Is all, you guys tell me. I don't know what to do. Poop. <laughs> now I can't decide if tomorrow on the website if I should make throw the effing ball, the quick game sucks t-shirts, or you guys tell me what to do. I don't know. Poop. I like poop. I do too. <laughs> oh, poor Keith. Poor, he called in because he knew that we appreciated his honesty a few weeks ago, his honest assessment of a team that was able to pull out a miraculous win with a Marcus Jones punt return with 20 seconds left in the game. Keith is the voice of many people who, yes, our members of Entitled Town who were treated to so many playoffs, so many championship games, so many Super Bowls. But now we're still paying, or at least they are, the same good money, and they buy the $13 beers, 
and they make plans and they drive all the way down and $80 parking and they give up a whole day and they sit in Route 1 traffic and they listen to WEEI and they consume the Six Rings pod and they tolerate us and it becomes the whole local dialogue and way of life. And right now what they're seeing for their the ROI on what they're seeing ain't worth it. I don't know. I don't know what to do. You guys tell me. Poop. The guy is drunk. <laughs> that I, it's the best. Tremendous. Uh, I don't have the answer. Priority caller from now on. Whenever he calls, you let me know. Do you think this is salvageable in any way this year over the next five games? Uh, let me tell you straight up. I'm not going to tease it to the, we'll tell you on the other side. No, I'll tell you straight up. No, I don't. And here's why. The offensive line, it, it begins and ends. That's been Fourier's biggest yeah, no, point. Maybe, I think a lot of other people doesn't believe end the there. same. May begin there. But doesn't it starts there. there. No, but like you're not going any further. Kendrick with this Bourne team. agrees with you when he said, "No, no disrespect, but we can't do anything unless they protect." I mean, you could play like the Benny Hill theme, yakety sacks, to watching Mac Jones run around trying to save his own life as Epinesa and Rousseau and other people are just chasing him, trying to run him down, uh, clip him at the legs. Trent Brown, he's sick. Okay, he'll play better, I guess. Although he's had some brain farts and, and some downs, bizarre plays. Yeah, he's had. He's certainly had his. You tell me. Oops. I don't know. Poops. But like Isaiah, when what what what's the what are you going to get back from him the rest of the season? Anything? It's already been a terrible season for him. Absolutely. But he's playing for a contract, so you hope that you're going to get something. Because we do need to remember you did Shaq have Mason. You let Ted Karras go. The line was great last year when it was healthy, and now it's just in. And now you're, as one of the reporters brought up, you sign a guy and, you know, less than 10 days later, he's starting at right tackle and it's a bit of a debacle. Yeah. Good enough to be the uh, warm body on the Jets practice squad, forced into action against one of the best pass rushes in the NFL on Thursday Night Football. Hell of a primetime showing. I want to get back to what you said earlier about Robert Kraft as well. Stacked in a box tonight with Amazon executives, Jay-Z, Richard Seymour, national broadcast, millions of dollars on display, billions, if you will, and that's the end product. Yeah. Fingers will be pointed. I wouldn't be surprised if heads roll soon. 617-779-7937 is the number. The Pats fan vent line is open till 2 a.m. Fitzy Hart, you, me, everybody here on the Six Rings Post Game Show on EI. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the up. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. Ho. Fresh out the frying pan into the fire. I be the music biz number one supplier. Fly it in a piece of paper. Tom's in my dad's hometown of Dorchester. Wants to talk a little. Pat's coaching tonight and the difference in the Bills' victory at Gillette. What's up, Tom? How you doing? How are you? I just want to say, you, you sound despondent. Don't worry. The cavalry is on the way. Things are going to get a lot better. Where's, I'm telling you. Where's it coming from, Tom? It's, it's, it, it's coming from Larry McDaniels. When he crops the bed in Oakland, uh, Las Vegas, Mo Belichick will hire him back in a second. And he, the, the three students will be together. You got... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mo Belichick, Larry McDaniels, and uh, uh, Patricia there. Uh, Curly Larry, Patricia, uh, yeah. Curly, Curly Matt. Patricia. Yeah. Curly Patricia. I see where you're and going. You have them all back together. I'm telling you. You know what? I, I was thinking, you know, if it wasn't Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and you mentioned uh, Bill Belichick's name, nobody would know his name. And then somebody would come up and say, yeah, yeah, that's a coach. He coached the Patriots 20 years ago. He got fired. That's what, uh, that's what we're having on Bill Belichick. 
Thank you for the call, Tom. Appreciate that. I didn't realize we were being set up for a little bit of a bit. I always appreciate when someone's trying to do a little shtick after midnight. Yeah. Keep working on it. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's, you know, it's something. Hey, he put some effort into the call. He did. Sometimes people are just like lost in a sea of emotions, wa- wandering through the <laughs> wandering through the inebriated poop of a difficult loss. Poop. <laughs> when you were when you, like many, like me especially, were hoping that the Patriots would be able to Mount an effort. For, I mean, like, I can't believe I've also, like, come to this acceptance and bargaining stage so quickly. Like, here I was thinking the Patriots would actually have a ch- <laughs> It's the Three Stooges theme. <laughs> this is the new Six Rings postgame show theme, by the way. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you <laughs> Talk to you after the Cardinals game. Um, I can't believe I've gone from, like, legitimately convincing myself that they'd be able to clean up a couple of the mistakes, they'd be able to take the positive away from the effort against Minnesota, and they would rise to the occasion against Buffalo, down to the line was a disaster, they didn't get the pass rush they expected, they had no answer for Steph Diggs, didn't have much of an answer for Gabe Davis either, James Cook ran at will, five over five yards of carry tonight. Like, Oh, wait, you mean you mean the defense wasn't good, like Bill Belichick and Mac Jones kept saying? The defense was not good. They kept trying to tell me that. And Christian has opened my eyes. I never mm-hmm. truly understood the term gaslighting mm-hmm. until this week when Bill Belichick, I mean, when Christian Fourier explained to me how Bill Belichick likes to gaslight all the time. He, he makes you think you're wrong or didn't see what you know you saw. He makes you question your own beliefs. The defense was not good. The defense gave up four drives of nine plays or longer. The Bills scored field goal, touchdown, touchdown to open the game. Is that good? Does that set a good tone for a game? Like, is that is that good? No. How about if you go 60% great. on third down? That's good for an offense, right? Yeah. Not good for a defense. Nope. How about if you go three for three in the red zone? Again, good for an offense, not Bad good for, for a, defense. a defense. The defense was not good. And uh, Rich Hill. Um, Pat's pulpit. Pat's pulpit said uh, they scored three points per possession in this game, mm-hmm. which apparently would be like the greatest ever if you did that over the, the course of a season. Like that's a great, I'm not big in the analytics, but I mm-hmm. believe him to tell me that's a really good number. Seems so simple enough. Yeah. However you measure it, mm-hmm. you did not play well defensively at all. So this whole idea that they keep trying to convince us of something that isn't true. Well, oh, no, no. Held them below their season average. Yeah, yeah. Points. We had the punt team on the field, but, you know, they fake punt. That's certainly not on the deal. Yeah, no, no. We don't have problems with penalties on defense. Bill, I didn't say defense. I said penalties. Like, he, they keep trying to screw with us when we know what we're seeing. So We've why, are they, enough but why are they trying to screw with us? Because they don't want to admit that they stink. They don't want to admit that they made mistakes, that they should have done things differently. Yes. That they should have other people calling the plays, that maybe some of the draft picks, some of the free agent signings, some of the people they brought into the building are not good enough and or up to Patriots standards. Right. And and I don't even, again, I get back to how did you ever think this was going to work? How? I would love to have thought. I would love to be a fly on that wall. Like, wouldn't you like to have that confidence? Like, Bill Belichick was essentially the kid going to the peak of the house with the umbrella and jumping. Like, and he really thought, oh, this is going to work like a parachute. I'm going to yeah. just gently glide to the ground. I saw Mary Poppins. And you know what they did? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> broken leg, broken arm. Mom, come get me. I need to go to the hospital. That's the Patriots. They are broken. 
How could you have believed in your mind of minds? Because I do believe Bill Belichick is a smart man, is a smart football coach. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he's the clown that you may want to paint him out to be off of this specific example. How did that man convince himself that Matt Patricia was going to be good for the offense? It was going to work. He was going to replace a basically two-decade proven successful high-level offensive mind. Larry McDaniels? Yes, Larry McDaniels. How, like, how did that happen? Is that where we get into the ego, the hubris, the he's too close, it's his boy, too much confidence in him? Like, I don't understand how he thought this was going to work because 99% of the world said, oh, that's going to be a disaster. And guess who was right? The 99% of the world, not Bill Belichick. Uh, we've got calls regionally, people on the way home right now. We've got calls out of the area. We've got Bills fans that want to tap dance on our grave tonight as well. You earned They'll it. They'll all be very interesting. And then some, I got, uh, let's see, real quick right now, let's get, uh, uh, and I got to tell you, uh, one of the callers speaks to something I told you about during the break. The, the tailgate was lame tonight. Well, I And there were a fans. lot of Bills fans there. There were a lot of Bills fans there I don't tonight. blame the tailgate for being lame. I think they've accepted your people have accepted the reality of the situation. They're not good. Paul's in Westfield. Hi, Paul. Good evening, Christine. How are you doing? How are you doing? So, You're on the way home right now, my friend. Actually, I'm in the Broad Street hot tubs because hot, soothing water is the only thing that's going to take away my headache. Can we be perfectly clear? There's what you call obvious and overwhelming evidence of when and fits you the one good thing we could say tonight, the offensive line wasn't so horrible because he had time to sit there and have no one to throw the ball to. There's no separation. And then the clogged time machine of credacious plays is breaking these pass plays on a team that's the number two to three worst run defense, and when we had the run plays, it worked. So to blame Mac when he has no options isn't what you call an objective. To blame this horrible combination of play calling that doesn't fit the situation is a fair and mild assessment. And you got to take your hat off to, for Mac to, to try to spin and turn that around. Mac, don't even bother trying. Just, we all agree with you. Like you guys are saying, there has to be a change in the offensive play. The calls aren't fitting the situation. And, again, that's a hell of a team tonight. Probably one of the top four teams in the league. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, we can do a lot better than this. We're not losing games. We're giving them away with no realistic and what you call integrated offensive play. One more quick point. When you see it's not working in this mid-range and downfield, why isn't there the option out to dump the ball off like you did right close to the line of scrimmage and go somewhere? It's like when they have something that's not working, they don't realize it and they keep going with it. That's not learning from your mistakes. It's repeating them. It's kind of sad because we could be doing so much better. Good point, Paul. Thanks very much for the call. Sure, wish I was in a hot tub right now with a beer. Just Absolutely. plain period. Maybe so, a lady. So, wow, whoa, this is, I mean, it is almost after 1 o'clock in the morning, but I don't know if we have the, that kind of safe harbor on the station. In a hot tub and the beer, I'd like a lady okay. with me. All right, hopefully it would hopefully be my wife. fabulous <laughs> wife, of course. I'm sure she's listening right now. No chance. <laughs> Zero no chance, chance she's whatsoever. She's snoring for hours. But isn't that, it, and we gotta we got to go to break in a second, but isn't that the definition of insanity, to keep repeating the same action and expect different results? Yeah. So this is kind of like. Insane? Nuts. But. What's the option? I mean, I can come up with one, literally on the fly. Okay. Matt uh, Patricia has been yep. relieved of his play-calling duties. Nick Cayley will handle the job for the rest of the season. What you wanted during the summer. Yeah. 
No, they'll hand it over it's to Joe too Judge. Logical. It'll be Joe, they'll hand it over to Joe Judge entirely. Oh, because we need to try another unqualified guy before we get to the qualified guy? Is that how this works? One thing, is that the best way to win one games? One thing I am qualified to do is let you know that this hour was broadcast from our Best Yet brand studio, and we are once again brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi, that's Z-U-D-Y dot com, for your free trial. I'm going to call up my friends at Zudi and see if they have a play-calling app they can hand to Matt Patricia to see if they can assist in the offensive efficiency. Because well, right but- now, as Keith says, calling from the game, it stinks. I'd take the app over Matt Patricia. Sight unseen. I trust Zudi's work enough to say that app will do a better job calling plays than Matt Patricia. Six- Poop. Poop. 617-779-7937 is the number. Hour number three of the Six Rings postgame show. Coming at you in just moments here on EI. We suck again. The vent line is lit tonight, Andy. Fans is big mad. And as poop. producer Nick LaPan poop. As producer Nick LaPan has told me uh during break, pretty much everyone is calling in with the same thing. Patricia's horrible. Patricia's gotta go. Patricia's the worst. What are we doing? And you and I have both said this too. You said you went so far as to say in a column recently. That Matt Patricia should have declined the job, mm. that he never should have taken the responsibility of offensive coordinator before he did one and many a things, if not apprenticed his way towards becoming a qualified offensive coordinator in the NFL. And now the weakness that would be his, uh, not his inability to play calls, his just inexperience is hurting this team in ways would you have uh, that said have no? become borderline. Uh, yes, I would say. Like, as much as I would want to. I'm barely qualified to stand on the sidelines and yell, hey, Pats fans, make sure you download this app and help out during the light, doing so, the light show at the half. The, the way I think about it for myself is we do hundreds and thousands of hours of radio. Mm-hmm. I've done hundreds and hundreds of hours of TV. I anchored a Patriots half-hour TV show throughout the postseason one year. And if some TV shows came, listen, we're going to pay you good money. Our anchor just quit. Okay, what's the job? I need you to anchor a three-hour nightly show on the war in Ukraine. I'd be like, uh, excuse me? And they're like, no, no, no. I have full confidence you can do the job. Mm-hmm. You're going to be on the air. We'll have live reporters. You'll bounce around to different experts. I just need you to anchor the coverage of the war in Ukraine. I'd say, um, I really appreciate your faith in me. Mm-hmm. It pains me to give up the money you're offering me to do this, mm-hmm. but I cannot do that job. I will crash and burn disastrously on live television. Hey, Fitzy, uh, look, you do a great job in stadium, uh, improvising and being extemporaneous at the rallies, doing all the fan service, uh, great in-stadium work. We're now going to do a summit on the crypto crash, uh, and we feel like you have good energy and you're great with the crowd. Uh, After the first 35 seconds where I introduce myself and maybe am able to find one joke about FTX and Tom Brady... (laughs) Uh, it, this would be a point guard with a blindfold uh, wearing tennis rackets for shoes. But it, <laughs> it would be a disaster. Okay, so he should have done that. In the end, is it his fault? No, it's Bill's fault for and He's the one who said, him. you know, slings and arrows my way. I want that smoke. Well, guess what? There's yeah, the smoke, Bill. Smoke. You're six and six. Your quarterback is pissed off on the sideline. He hates the offense. He hates the plays. Your receivers hate the offense. They hate the plays. And your season is falling apart before your eyes because I firmly believe it's over. I, you know, somebody said, you know, win a playoff game. Nope. Because you, you got to be in the playoffs to say, win a game. You see, the way it moves, the way it works is the train moves, not the station. Yeah, have to actually be in the playoffs to win them. Speaking of uh, playoffs. 
Uh, fine, we'll do it now. We'll take the Buffalo call. Playoffs? I'm sure. Playoffs? I'm sure there have been more, but Matt has been waiting a while to get in his digs on Pat's fans. Oh, see? Boom! I still got it. It's 1. Jeez, it's already past 1. That's okay. You know what? Your fastball looks a lot faster at this hour because we're all so tired. Hello, Matt and Buffalo. Hey, guys. How you doing? Top of the world. Great! Why would we be anything but great? So fun. Okay, so my question, was it Brady or was it Belichick? Both. Yeah. The unsexiest answer in the world, but both. Okay, so why isn't it working now? Because one is gone. And how's the other one doing despite his good statistics and his excellent red zone conversion percentages? How does Tom Brady look now without all the weaponry and the good offensive coaching that he had down there in Tampa? Not great. Uh, good point. Okay, so nepotism is my other question. Mm-hmm. Why is uh, his son and Matt Patricia uh, uh, on the coaching staff? Mm. Well, Matt Patricia is not related to him, so he's on okay. the coaching well, staff because yeah. Bill loves him. Really, I thought his name was Matt Belichick. Okay, well, so let's well, then why'd you here. put it under nepotism? Well, I mean, like I see you said, what you're, nepotism. He's, I, Andy, hold on a second. It's a little too late to be this salty. Uh, I mean, what he's going for, I see what you're saying, Matt. It's like he's surrounded himself with family, friends, yes men, people. It, it, they call him Fobs, the friends of Belichick. Yeah. You know, he's got Most his boys on the do. staff. I know, but to the degree, have you seen another coaching staff? Can anyone who's listening, anyone who's on the line or in the studio right now, remember a coaching staff in the NFL ranks that was more full of uh, accomplices, friends, uh, and familiar faces than the Patriots one is right now? No. Well, I I will say this. Uh, Marv Levy coached one season after Jim Kelly because he knew it, it, his time is, his time was done because he lost his quarterback. And you remember so, if you saw the last dance like everyone else watched during the pandemic, Matt, what did Phil Jackson do after Michael Jordan retired? He literally got on a motorcycle as reporters watched him, and he rode off into the sunset. Now, of course, he unretired a few years later, went to the Lakers. When he found somebody close to Michael Jordan yes, to latch on to. he found another Michael Exactly. Yeah, And Mark Levy came back for two years, forgettably as general manager, and hired Dick Gerard to be Bill's head coach. I've seen a lot of terrible Bills football in my day. Um, they finally got it right. And, yeah. I, you know, I would think Robert Kraft should, you know, tap Mr. Belichick on the shoulder and say, mm, maybe it's time for a change. I don't think that's ridiculous. Appreciate I know you hanging in there and appreciate the call, Matt. Anytime well. you bring up the idea of moving on from Bill Belichick, I feel like there's an automatic, huh, really? Like, nah, like, but. You in great. I mean, he's 70 years old. Let's not, let's not be ageist. That's part of the, I mean, was he an ageist when he drafted Jimmy Garoppolo and talked about Tom Brady's age? Uh, that's a fair point. Okay. To a certain Again, degree. I'm using Bill's he was, But own... he was also building for the future. I think he was getting ready for it. So Bill should be getting ready. Is he getting ready? No, no, no. By... Robert should be getting ready or should be damn ready. Like, it is what it is. And I said to you, it's not about necessarily this year's record. Mm-hmm. Do you see the light at the end of the tunnel? Are you going in the right direction? Because do you think it's going to get better? Is there, like, what's the longevity? I know Robert has said he wants Bill to coach until he's 80 or 85 Mm -hmm. or something. Is that realistic? No. Okay. Does he look good now? Physically? No, no, no. Uh, In the role that he's fulfilling. 
the execution. I don't know. Can you think back? I'll ask you. I'll ask. I'll answer your question. With what do you question. think of Bill Belichick's execution? I'll get. What uh, did Rich McKay say? I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guillotine hanging. What are we doing? Pistols. I'll ask you this. Can you think back to at any point this season, a moment, a series of plays, a sequence, or anything that was, dare I say, quintessentially Belichickian? Like, oh man, chess over checkers on that well, one. I thought the Cleveland win. The Cleveland win. Uh-huh. I'm struggling to speak now. I, it's getting late. Yeah, it's getting late. Um, I thought that was a really good win. It was a sound effort by the team. They were they were coached up. They they did the, like and Cleveland, as they proved, were capable of surprising other teams, playing above that pay grade. Cleveland played terribly. The Patriots were wonderfully efficient so that, that day. That zappy fever. Detroit, Cleveland kind of time period. Oh, my God. I miss it so much. Well, I thought he, like, that was typical Bill. Like, the defense is going to have to step up. We're going to surprise people. Number mm-hmm. one offense is coming in. Mm-hmm. We're going to manage it with mm-hmm. the young quarterback. I, that that had a Belichickian feel to it. Us against the world. People are doubting us now. And then you put Mac back in when he wasn't ready, Put him, took him out underprepared for the Bears, and you blew it up. Right. And it's been a sort of a whirlwind disaster Ever since, but I'm taking more of a bigger picture approach. Mm. The Robert, the off season approaches. Well, ten thousand footer. If we're going to go back to the sports radio cliches, when, f- do we have our quarterback? I think so. Okay, because that's a good answer to have. That's a key part of the equation. Uh, very key. Does the quarterback love the coaching? No. no. See, so there's an issue there already. Do we know who's going to actually be blocking for the quarterback next year? We certainly do not. Well, do we Cole know Strange who's... should be, but he's terrible. He major steps back. You want to uh, recant the victory lap for the— I already uh... did. Oh, okay. Remember, I transferred all my energy to Marcus Jones, and obviously that's working because he was the lone bright spot, and we will get to Andy Hart's thumbs up and thumbs down when we come back in just a few minutes. One more call before we catch a break. Hi, Leon calling from Wisconsin. Hi, um— I have a hot take. Yes. Um, I hope I don't get cut off. Um, I would love a good after midnight hot take. Bring it. What do you got? Okay. So I think our Super Bowl should be harmed and good. Leon, take a second. I got a hot take for you. I got some hot advice. Find a better cell phone spot in your house. I'll give you a couple of seconds. Hello? Hello. There we are. Good. Much better. Stay right there. Don't move. Go. I think our sixth Super Bowl championship did more harm than good. Let me explain. We don't know what type of team we are. We're not bad enough to get, like, let's say, a top 15 pick, top 10 pick. And we're not good enough to win a playoff series or, you know, go to the Super Bowl. I mean, not series, game. To go to the Super Bowl. We have so many haulovers from the Brady era. McCourty, David Andrews. We either rebuild completely, get new, fresh people in there, and build a completely new team, or just stay in the milling area. We're signing veterans like we're going to win the Super Bowl. We're not. We need to rebuild this franchise. That starts with offensive coordinator. That's a disaster of the zones. I think this offseason, I don't know what we do from here. We need to bring in Bill O'Brien. Okay, you know, that's fine. But we're in such a bad situation right now. We're in the middle. We're in the mid area. Yeah, we are, and uh, Leon Andy has actually spoken to that on our podcast and on the post-game show, uh, and I thank you for the call. I appreciate you chumming the waters with something kind of zesty like the, the idea. I disagree wildly with the idea that six Super Bowl championships could be 
quote-unquote, bad for the organization. I, I, I do think they wanted to make some different moves and changes around the time that they went to those Super Bowls back-to-back-to-back in 51, 52, 53. Tom Brady's greatness, the team's turnaround in 53 may have queered some of their plans to move on, change things, etc. But I don't think that it's ever going to be viewed as bad to have celebrated all those championships and set the standard or reset the standard time and again. Uh, and to the point of having uh, never having a top 15 pick, uh, that's where Mac Jones was selected. Yeah, I would have gone higher because I don't think top 15 is really all that good. I think if you want to look 10. at, you know, Jamar Chase yep. something or – Hell, Josh Allen. Like, if you're thinking of a quarterback, a freak skilled type player, you want to be higher than that. It's the NBA mentality, right? That people talk about that middle. You're not, you're not in the top three picks to get that franchise altering player, but you know you're mm. not a championship contender. They're a middling team right now. That is the reality. Now, one could ask: Is Belichick why you're middling? Mm-hmm. Are they actually worse than than this? Like, could they be a three win team? With another coach is is Belichick because of the Lions game. Mm-hmm. The Lions were seen as a decent team at that point, number hey, one offense the, in the NFL. You know, 50s old transitive property of opponent. You know the Lions pushed the Bills on Thanksgiving Day down to the final two minutes. Yet the Patriots pants the Lions and sh- put them on the Schneid back on the previous throwback. So day. maybe you lost if you lost to the Lions, maybe you lose to the Browns. Whatever, a couple of those games mm-hmm. with a different coach because we just talked about those as maybe being a little era of Belichick. Mm-hmm greatness in this season um maybe you'd be better off because you're gonna get a high draft pick i'm using lots of air quotes Mm -hmm. uh i think an argument can be made for that that's how you get the key players what do we always bitch about this team doesn't have any playmakers (laughs) yes lots of things but salaries uh yes definitely uh this team doesn't have playmakers right everybody i get it all the time like do they have a top five player in any position like uh, you know how you get those you, you pick in the top 10 picks in the draft. A lot well, of those guys go Steph, there. D- Steph Diggs was the 146th overall pick in yes, 2015. I know, and Tom Brady was 199. You want to mm-hmm. wait for that one to come around again? Uh, no, as a matter of fact, I was going to say, like, I don't want to hear about that one ever again. I'd like to do it the traditional way. How'd right. you get Richard Seymour? You drafted R- Richard Seymour sixth overall because you needed a foundational piece on your defense. Mm-hmm. What was he? A foundational piece, piece on, on your, your defense, defense who now resides where? Uh, in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Yeah. Like, that to me is like a reliable, reasonable plan. It's not like buy a lottery ticket and hope. Well, I'll also give you this, like, and I know he's been injured and they just uh, set his clock for the comeback in Philadelphia, but Jordan Davis was a player that I was enamored of this year in the draft, and the Patriots would have had to have moved up a little bit to have gotten him. But the difference that he makes in the Philadelphia Eagles run defense, you want to talk about trying to grab that next Richard Seymour, getting that next foundational piece is night and day like their their running game falls apart versus what a massive difference he makes and i'll ask you this who is that massive difference maker on either side of the ball right now uh matt judon is he really a massive difference maker still um he's a he's a difference maker he's a hell of a good ball player he hasn't been a massive difference maker the last two weeks certainly not doing the judon slide again uh it's possible um but piggybacking on your philadelphia thing i'd also say they've taken a nice step forward offensively this year what arrived this year Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, oh, the first round pick that they traded to Tennessee for AJ Brown, one of the ten best wide receivers in football. Right. Who the Patriots passed on so they could. No, I'm but forget that. To, I'm not going to. But just forget Harry that. Hole. They traded. They the invested. Excuse me. Careful. They they <laughs> traded for a number one playmaker. Handed him. 
Did they hand him $100 million? What did they give him? Yeah, they gave him four, four for 25, so yeah. 25 a year. And look what it's done for Jalen Hurts, who's now in the MVP conversation. Just like Steph Diggs arriving, put, yes, I got it. Now there's your transitive property of getting an elite playmaker for your ascending quarterback on a rookie contract. Steph Diggs arriving in Buffalo. I don't want to hear yes. your crap about the 107 pick in the draft and all these well, things. It was, it was I don't want lottery tickets. That's Belichickian. Mm-hmm. That's we draft P.K. Sam in the fifth round, and if he's as good as we think he is, he'll be a red zone target for 10 years. Was he? No. PK, I did not think that you would mention P.K. Sam at any hour, let alone at 121 in the, in the morning. And just there's some truth to what the caller is saying. You're a middling team without the the directional assets to change that. You're just kind of like spinning your wheels mm-hmm. until the wheels fall off, as one of the earlier callers said. Uh, I think the wheels have officially fallen off the offense. I don't think there were ever wheels on this offense. We're not really it's sure. It's like the freaking train with the square wheels on the island of misfit toys. This is the island of misfit offense, and it's Matt Patricia sitting up in the tower as the king. Here I am, sitting on the sideline, trying to call plays, and Finally. all I ever did was defense, defense, defense. And I coached the Lions. Finally, you brought a voice and a reference that I find valuable, and I appreciate you. Merry wow, that Christmas. Was great. That was pretty good, right? Yeah, on cue. About Thank time you. About time you brought something to the table. 617-779-7937 for the Island of Misfits sports hosts. It's Fitzy and Hart. We're going to get to you, Joe. We'll get to you, Gary. We'll take all the calls. Don't go anywhere when we come back here on Six Rings Post Game on WEEI. Devin, you guys in the past, you've obviously won with talent, but you also win sort of by playing in the margins and the little things. Are you surprised that your team is still making, at this point in December, some of those same mistakes that we saw in September and October? Yeah, I mean, some of the things you talk about is teams of the past. Like, it... It just kind of is what it is. Like this isn't that, and I think we gotta we gotta get out of the mindset of like what we used to do in December and, what we, and focus on just now what we are now. And I think that is something that we gotta improve on. The the small mistakes, you know, are, are killing us. Um, you know, I think defensively we did a better job of that. You know, but this is a team that they're explosive. You know, it's it's hard to hold that offense to seven points, ten points. Like you're you gotta. But I think the biggest thing we gotta do. Like, we got to get more turnovers. We had a couple chances today um, to get it, but I wouldn't say, like, small things were, like, the biggest thing, you know, for us defense is just making some more plays. Like, in times we were – at times we were there in position, you know, good position to make a play. They made a few more. But, um, you know, we're getting another crack at them, and, you know, I think – but. Going forward, you know, this long week, um, we got to get ready to go and do something that's not normal. We got to go on the road to Arizona, stay on the West Coast, then play Vegas. Um, those would be two big games, and we got to start off by focusing on um, Arizona, which defensively another running quarterback, a guy who can make plays all over the field. So um, we'll have another challenge that we got to rise to. Challenges can be risen to. Devin McCourty spoke about following the game tonight. Jobs need to be done better. Coaching needs to be done better. Game plans need to be executed better. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I just, I, you know, it's so funny now. Like, for the longest time, we bought into, believed, we loved, we lived by all those same words. Like, got to do better, got to coach better. Like, do your job. Like, this is blah, 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 blah. And now I start hearing that, and I just, like, for some reason, there's a filter that just tunes it out. Because it just all sounds, it just all sounds like 
just filler. It's just all word marzipan. It just like is filler. It just like sort of just like occupies space, but it has no worth or caloric value. It does nothing for you. You Nothing. the, The funny thing I find is I actually thought that last year and early on this year, Mac was a word salad guy, would mm-hmm. talk, 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 and not really say anything. I actually think the last couple of weeks, he's been one of the more honest mm-hmm. members of the organization, more so than the head coach, more so than anybody else. I think Mac has shown some leadership, some some accountability, but also some ho- holding others accountable for what they're doing or not doing. I, I don't know. I've become a bit of a Mac supporter the way he's handling himself as a leader of this team. In Turning the corner on Mac Jones? Uh, Leadership-wise. Okay. I don't know if he's the guy that can make the plays that need to be made when they need to be made. If we had Josh Allen tonight, even he may have had some issues behind that offensive line and with the, the play calls and with the receivers not all being on the same page. Like Difference is he can just tuck and run and pick up 18. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mac runs around like a chicken with his head cut off and then just throws it and it doesn't end well. Gary's up in New Hampshire. Gary, how are you? Welcome to Six Rings. Hey, guys. Um, so, 27-year season ticket holder. Going to the game today, it's crazy, because I, I literally had to ask, like, 50 people to go to the game with me, because people don't want to see this. They don't want to see the, a team that's that, that's inconsistent in all three phases. They, they can't get anything done uh, in, in crucial times during the game, and I know the, the, like they had the song Never Gonna Give You Up on right after Belichick punted on fourth and seven and uh, and didn't go for it. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And, and, and don't get me started. Like, we, when, when we, I, I'm, like, longing for the days that, that uh, Guglielmo was, is now our, was our offensive line coach uh, because this offensive line is brutal. And Patricia's play call, and I said, okay, we've got Marcus Jones the ball. We get touchdown. We're, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to go with this Bills team. And we're going to attack them. And what do they do? They they don't they don't attack. They can't block. They're, they're running the same calls they were, they, they're running like against the Jets two weeks ago. And they just stop being aggressive. And you look at the Patriots over, since they won the Super Bowl in 2018. What have we done after Thanksgiving? Those even that year that we won it in 2018. Terrible down the stretch. And we had to win you know the road playoff game in KC and then and then beat the Rams right to win that one. But then 2019 they fall they, they fall apart at the end. Then you know skip the um, the Cam Newton year last year again at the end of the season terrible. Now we're looking at again Thanksgiving playing like crap again. And it's all three phases. They can't make the plays when they need to. And I believe that they have the talent. Um, this is on coaching. This is absolutely the mistakes the, the, the they're making are, are all tied to uh, lack of focus. And these teams never did this before. And, and, and I, I blame the coaching on this. Yeah, Great co- call, Gary. Great call. Safe ride home. Very. Uh, thanks very much. And sorry about the ticket issue. My God, I can't believe like asking dozens of people. I told you the tailgate was perfect. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt that people have. It's not a scene. And I know a Thursday night game for some people, you have to work the next day. I know, whatever. Down there at six, and it's really worth it. 8.15 kickoff, are you setting up the tailgate? Like, if anything, you're going to do one of those little little mini Coleman grills. Right. Get a couple of wieners and scallops on there. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, time to go in. We've got to pack it up. But some of it is on the coaching. We've talked a lot about the coaching and the decisions. I've heard. I also don't think they're overly talented. Like, he, he. put it all on the coaching staff, mm-hmm. I don't know that they have a lot of playmakers. I joke about Miles Bryant, Jelani Tavai. If you're a good team, are those guys just on got, the field all the time? Just extended him. Yeah, great. Championship. Mm-hmm. 
Like, Fire up the duck boats. I mean, the offensive line, yeah, they're banged up. We've talked about their lack of playmakers. Devontae Parker's your number one receiver, and I'm going to harp on a singular play. Is he play. really? Well, yeah. Tonight d- it was Marcus Jones. Yeah, your best receiver on the field tonight was Marcus Jones. Yeah, but no, sorry. Devontae Parker's supposed to be your number one receiver, your outside guy, your guy that can make plays down the field. I didn't think he had to make a spectacular toe-tapping catch on that sideline play to get it in, and he comes down out of bounds. I just... Where is the playmaking? Where is this talent? You know, Matthew Judon is good. You miss Christian Barmore. I think he's a good player. Kyle mm-hmm. Duggar developing. But we've talked about it. Devin McCourty is not who he used to be. Devin McCourty is oh. on the back one or two, not the back nine. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence Guy, I don't think, is the same guy, pun intended, from mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Um, so I, I just I don't know that they have all this talent necessarily. Coaching is a major issue. I believe that. Talent is, too. We were talking earlier about some of the playmakers and their frustrations in tonight's game. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, we were looking for some audio that our pal Kyrie Thompson from WEI sent in. Uh, Justin has located it, one of our uh, uh, crack producers here at WEI in the late night. Uh, Producing crack sounds illegal. uh, Okay, that would be manufacturing. And we would like to share that with you now. This was Kendrick Bourne speaking earlier in the media scrum, as tweeted out by Andrew Callahan as to frustration with the Patriots' offense and Buffalo's ability to get more first downs. Do you guys have to do something drastically different on third down, Kendrick? I think it's 3 for 10 last week, 3 for 12 this yeah. week. Um, yeah, man, we just need to scheme up better. We need to know what they're doing. We need to know what they want to do on third down. You know what I mean? We're kind of sporadic. They, they call this and we call that, and it falls right into what they want. You know what I mean? We need to have it where it's fall, they're falling into what we want things like that so I said that's not my job it's my job is just run the call but um, as we all can see we just they had what 30 first down and we only had eight so like something they were doing against us was working and something we were doing against them wasn't working so like it's just about figuring it out each week so we still got life but we need to hurry and pick it up yeah you still have life mm. said, I life? think they need to say that I think yeah. they need to try to keep for hope. themselves like they, or us. They can't be the minor. They can't be the miners trapped below, just going like, "Well, you know, we'll probably all be we'll be out of air and food in a couple of days, so we may as well just make the most of it." Like, no, they have to like without hope, they're doomed. Yeah, I don't have a lot of hope for them, so maybe I'm doomed. Yeah, we'll take a look at the rest of the schedule and try to offer a way too early prediction on the Arizona game as well as the rest of the way. They do have five games remaining, six and six. They are at least. They're at least even-handed uh, in terms of the home schedule and the road schedule, because they're or at least road record and home record, because they're three and three at each. So they are a thoroughly mediocre team at home at Gillette, just like they are on the road. And the best they can finish now against two likely playoff teams, Cincinnati and Miami, would be five and three at home. What are the odds they do that? Not good. Not good. Not good. Not at all. great. They could be, still be eleven and six, right? They technically, yes, they could. <laughs> And I may have a growth spurt in my late 40s and start playing professional basketball. By the way, this hour, of course, we're broadcasting from our Best Yet Brand studio, brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi, that's Z-U-D-Y, dot com for your free trial. Andy, I cannot believe we waited this late in the show to do our thumbs up and thumbs down. We had a caller, Joe, who likes contributing to your segment. He likes offering up the LVPs and the MVPs of the game. Sadly, he had to hang up just moments ago. I don't imagine there were many MVPs beyond whoever blew the final whistle uh, and Marcus Jones. So uh, why don't you take us now to your 
Freshly minted at WEI.com. Thumbs up, thumbs down. So you mentioned it, Marcus Jones. We've been calling for it on the Six Rings podcast for, I don't know, three weeks or so now. Long enough. We finally got Marcus Jones on offense, and what did he do? He went 48 yards for a touchdown. Patriots lead 7-3. Is this going to be a different Bills-Patriots matchup? Are the Patriots going to get the mm. upset? No. Uh, there was that was the Take short me answer. Back no. to that moment. Oh, just oh, but for a moment to return to the joy and the glee in the stadium therein. Ah, uh, fans celebrating, hugging, high fiving, popcorn flying everywhere, babies being made. Omg, they're in this one. It's a different kind of Pat's Bills game, nope. and then it and then it all ended. It yeah. uh, Ramondre Stevenson gets some love from me. Uh, Fifty-four yards on ten carries, so five yards a carry. Tough yards at times, breaking tackles, making guys miss, you know, doing it himself. Also was your leading receiver with six catches for 24 yards. Oh, man. Um, What a – in terms of receptions, that's a great – by the way, um, the last six games, the Patriots rushing attack sucks. uh, Yeah, not great. Not great. You know, that would tie into the offensive Offensive line. line Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I actually started to feel bad for. I thought he was getting just getting hit, and it's like, why? You know, you're getting killed. Why, the game's why, over. All the starters, should, if you're, you're going to if you're going to punt at that point. By the way, Kevin Harris's first handoff tonight went great. Went right up to the line. It was just butt got, fumble esque. He just it bounced. was legitimately butt fumble esque. I mean, he held onto the ball, but for a man with arms and thighs as big as his, he's yeah. not supposed to bounce off of people like no. that. That was strange. No, uh, I thought the punt coverage was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Schooler Slater. Um, got down there, they downed one inside like the five-yard line, four-yard line, and your boy Pilardi, the Pilardi party at Gillette Pilardi Stadium. Pilardi party, kid. Uh, 41.2-yard net average is pretty good on six punts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got that going for me. And finally, Josh Uche had his way with David Quessenberry in the first half. Two sacks, three QB hits, a forced fumble that looked like it might be meaningful game, like it could have been a game changer Eventful. that could have been a turning point it wasn't we, we thought it was gonna be uh and he finished with seven tackles so i thought he was good thumbs down list which is actually short because it was everybody but you know i picked out a couple uh jonathan jones struggled with stefan diggs could not keep up with him could not actually actually lost gabe davis on the mm-hmm. second touchdown so two of those early touchdowns were at the hands of jonathan jones your guy cole strange uh, he represents the entirety of the offensive line here, but holding call that was missed, then a holding call that wasn't missed, that yep. nearly turned into Mac Jones's intentional grounding, mm-hmm. which nearly could have been a safety because he was just outside the end zone. Um, he's really regressed, and that's disappointing because he's healthy. He's a starter. Like He should be a guy that maybe at this point in time you're like, wow, he's not a rookie anymore. It's December. Like, No, he looks shaky like a rookie. Um, and then I termed this key plays. Mm-hmm. You sucked on third down and red zone on offense. Mm-hmm. You sucked on third down and red zone on defense. All right. Like, you're not making the, the clutch plays, game winning, winning plays, winning time plays, money, as they would say. Money, money plays, plays. like money. things like that. So, and, and I disagree. I didn't think the effort was great tonight at times. I thought they, you mentioned like fans maybe mm-hmm. sort of resigned. I thought there were times where the play on the field, the offensive line, it was almost like, what are we doing? Like just standing around out there. The defensive line, the last rushing touchdown they, they gave up. How are they not communicating effectively enough to be all on the same page in a game that counts so much against a bitter division rival who has taken over after your two two decades of dominance? Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, no, to actually, that point it does. Fan- you have a defensive coordinator running the offense and coaching the offensive line. And they it makes have, perfect sense. And they have drafted phenomenally. Like they didn't have any hiccup years, whereas the Patriots, basically from fourteen through nineteen, kind of had mostly lousy drafts. 
and they've only started drafting well the last couple of years. So you're technically several years behind all these teams that were and have now built up better teams while you finished off the double dynastic run with Tom Brady. Uh, And player of the game? Player of the game, Marcus Jones. Marcus Jones, that's an easy one. The Patri- only Patriot that sniffed Literally. the end zone. Like you, you got in the end zone, you get my award, and you still lost. Patriots player of the game has been brought to you by Cars for Kids, the easy way to donate your car. Donate today, and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Go to Cars for Kids, that's cars with a K, dot com, or 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. When we come back, we'll wrap things up with our pal Kyrie Thompson from WEEI.com. We'll put a bow on this turd, 24-10 to bills over the Patriots. Poop. <laughs> Poop. It's Fitzy, it's Hart, and we'll be joined by Kyrie Thompson in just moments here on Six Rings WEEI. Well, he's no stranger to love, and he knows the game that we're about to play. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline to wrap up tonight's edition of the Six Rings postgame show from WEEI.com. He was there in the scrum. He saw the look of dismay on the players' faces firsthand. It's Kyrie Thompson. Kyrie, go ahead. Set the scene. Tell us how, tell us what it was like. Give us the real feel, holy field, from down in the locker rooms at Foxborough tonight. Well, it wasn't quite as weird as the Chicago Bears loss, but it was about equally as depressing. And I think that a lot of these offensive players in particular, I felt like today was something of a breaking point where you had guys maybe not saying like, oh, yeah, our offensive coaching is terrible, but they're saying like, why are we throwing the the ball down the field more? Mac Jones was a bit more candid about it than we expected, having to explain that video. Kendrick Bourne talked about it openly. Devontae Parker talked about it. Why are we doing the quick game so much? Why are we trying for more explosive plays? And I think that just some of this this frustration of why are we doing the same, you know, quick game stuff or the same slow developing screens over and over again, it's starting to get to these guys a bit. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty clear that some some veiled it more than others that there there are a lot more questions than answers right now. And I, I think the one thing that makes it worse than the Chicago game is that we are a month and a half later. It's December. Like, you're not only running out of time, you're you're basically out of time. You're six and six. You're in last place. You know, you have a puncher's chance, I guess, at the postseason, but your season is falling apart before before your eyes. And I keep going back to the word dysfunctional. It seems dysfunctional on the field. And now it seems more and more dysfunctional off the field. Do you do you think that's accurate? I feel like it's starting to get that way. I, again, guys don't seem to have the answers, right? I mean, we keep on peppering them with questions about why is the offense not working? Do you feel like you're getting the coaching that you need? And you're starting to see guys like Nelson Aguilar. I, I stood next to him while he was answering some questions. And a lot of his answers were like, well, I can't control that. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. Or like, oh, yeah, what about the offense and the, the, the penalties and the mis-executions? Like, well, I'm just trying to make sure I'm not messing up. And you're starting to get little, some of those threads seeming to fracture where you're getting guys being like, well, I'm just trying not to mess up on my own account. And that's not the kind of thing that you want to hear. I mean, you want to see a, a cohesive unit here and everybody operating on the same page. But, again, these guys know what it is out there. They know they're running the same five or six plays. They know the defense knows – that they're out there running the five, you know, same five or six passing concepts, and they're just supposed to make it work. And I, I think 
they're starting to get sick of it. I saw Devontae Parker at one point at the at that last fourth quarter drive as he went out of bounds after making a catch. He just had this feeling like, get me off this field, get this game over with. I made a mental note of that. Yeah, I do think they're at the end of their rope. And one thing that frustrates me, and it's late so I can bitch because there's probably not a ton of people listening, and I know they don't like when the media bitches, but I find it frustrating that Stacey James, the director of media relations or VP of media relations, sends out the media schedule and, ooh, I can look forward to Monday when the assistant coaches are available and Troy Brown will be available to answer all these questions for the offense, not Matt Patricia, because, oh, Matt Patricia's not the offensive coordinator, so they use this weird rotation they go through. I think that lack of accountability is is frustrating, is alarming, and I know Matt Patricia's not going to answer any questions necessarily directly. He's a word salad kind of guy, but I just think that whole, from day one, the you don't have a play caller, you don't have an offensive coordinator. No, 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 he communicates the plays, but this is a collaborative effort I just think that lack of experience, that lack of leadership is so magnified more and more as we get into the season. And I think we all predicted that this would be a an epic disaster. And I'm pretty sure we can now declare that this is an epic disaster. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, we can. Um, I think <laughs> I counted myself in the in the camp of like, yeah, it could be bad, but maybe it won't be as bad as we thought. No, it's worse. It's worse. Um, as bad as we thought it was going to be. And you know what? On that note, Andy, I got to say, um, Bill Belichick being up there at the podium and just kind of deflecting and dismissing a lot of these questions about why this offensive coaching staff, this scheme, this whole plan that he put together isn't working. Instead of being up there, yeah, well, you know, I said it started with me. And, you know, yeah, you know, I've got to be better, you know, or like you know, I could have done this better. It's like instead you've got Mac Jones up there taking the heat for all of this. And granted, Mac Jones didn't play that well, but I mean, he's out there running for his life. He's got stunts <laughs> coming right up the middle into his face, and, and he's doing everything that he possibly can to keep a play alive. And yeah, it's not pretty, but I, I feel like, again, with, with Jones every day and then Bailey Zappi after the Bears game being the first guy out there to the podium, I, I kind of want to know. Yeah, Bill Belichick takes the podium. But I kind of want to know where his accountability is on this because he said we should blame him, and I am fully blaming him yep. for putting this disaster together. This is his responsibility, and I don't know that he's taking enough responsibility for it. Kyrie, we got to wrap up in a sec because we're out in 45 seconds. In five seconds, can you tell me similar energy from the defense when you heard them at the podium and saw them in the locker room? Um, again, this idea that, look, they did some good things, but in the end they couldn't stop Superman and they couldn't stop Stephon Diggs when they needed to. In the end, look, when you've got that quarterback and you've got that receiver that can just make a play, I mean, that can be really demoralizing, and you felt that demoralization in the locker room and at the podium. Ah, completely depressing. Thank you very much for calling in to help us wrap the show. Kyrie Thompson from WEI.com. You can follow him at Thompson 5 on Twitter. That's at Jumbo Hart. I'm at Fitzy GFY. Good job, Justin Turpin. Good job, Nick LaPan. This has been the Six Rings Post Game Show from WEEI. We'll be back in 11 days after the Cardinals game on Monday Night Football. Until then, listen to the Six Rings pod, the Greg Hill shows at 6 a.m. Bill Belichick should be a treat with them. Patriots <laughs> players all throughout the day. Thanks for listening. Tough one tonight. Bills 24, Patriots 10. Good day. God bless. And as always, go Pats.